0: Thanks for checking out this message from River Valley Church in Boise, Idaho. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you. For more messages like this, make sure to check out our podcast. And for more content from River Valley, go to our website, rivervalleyboise.com. Enjoy this message. We have uh, kind of a fun day in store for us here. Just from a discussion standpoint, um, we're going to take a little time. Today is Vision Sunday, so we're going to talk a little bit about what God has done. And we're going to talk even more about where he's taking us today. So I'm just asking you to to just put uh, your heart in a posture of just celebration. How many of you know we need to party a little bit more? Come on, we serve a good God who's taken good care of us. And we just need to celebrate a little bit more his goodness in our lives. And so I'm praying today will be that for us. For those of you that are joining us online, we're so glad that you're watching in with us. Uh, We're glad that you're part of our church family. And uh, man, we just can't wait to to see you hopefully in person here soon. For those of you that are in the house, you guys look really beautiful this morning. Come on now. You do. You look good. You look good. Somebody might have needed to tell you that this morning because some of your faces, like you're You just need somebody to come alongside and say, you're beautiful. You're looking good today. Come on now. It's that frowny phrase. Come on. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, Man, I... I want to give you guys a big shout out. We had an incredible weekend here together as a church. We've been in a series called Freedom, where we've just really been letting God's Word come in and teach us how to walk in the freedom that Christ purchased for us on the cross. And it really culminated yesterday. We did what was called a Freedom Weekend on Friday night and Saturday. And man, we just got to experience God transforming and changing our lives in such a beautiful way. And I just want to thank you, all of you who participated in that, those of you who've been on the journey with us in freedom, whether you've been in a freedom group or just gathering together on the weekends. Um, and can I just tell you that that freedom is not a destination. It's a journey that we're on. And uh, we are learning day in, day out how to live in this reality of what Christ purchased for us through the cross. And I just want to encourage you to stay in that journey. Uh, specifically, those of you that were here yesterday and Friday, uh, we, we, the, the Holy Spirit comes in and does a lot of things in our heart and life to, to get our lives on a healthy course. Um, but how many of you know the devil is always trying to mess with you a little bit? He just likes messing with you. And here's what we know, that we have the victory in Christ. It's not because you're a good person. It's not because you even came to church today. It's not because you read your Bible or any of those things. It's because of what Jesus has done on the cross. And so that's what we celebrate in gathering together. All those other things are super important. We need to be together in fellowship. We need the word of God. All of those things are what we build our life upon. But how many of you know that Jesus is the reason that we're here today? And so it's just so good to gather together to celebrate Him. And what I want to do today um, is just take a few minutes and talk a little bit about what God's been doing in our community of faith. Um, we're going to talk about the dreaded 2020. And uh, we're actually going to celebrate today because God has done some extraordinary things here at River Valley in a year that really wasn't very fun in a lot of ways, right? And so we want to give God all the glory for that. And we're to talk after that, we're going to talk a little bit about where God's taking us and kind of set our hearts on a course for this year that we're living in um, and just all that God has for us. So, so first and foremost, how many of you know that, that uh, 2020 taught us a lot of lessons? Man, and here's the reality of life. You can either let life beat you up or you can learn from it. And here's what I want our posture as a church to be, that, that God, you're constantly working in our lives day in and day out, and it doesn't matter what's happening in our world, God has something he's trying to do in you every day of your life. Every breath that you take is a gift from God and he desires to do wonderful things in you. And this, this past year as a church, we've learned a lot about community. We've learned a lot about what it means to actually gather together and sometimes not. We've learned what it means to do life and church maybe in a little bit different way. And I just want to proclaim this over us as a church today. I am thankful for the things that God has taught us. I'm thankful for the things that he stripped away from us in 2020. I'm thankful for the comforts that were pulled from our lives and where we had to really double down. We had to really look into our lives and our families and our faith community and say, hey, how are we going to approach something that is a little bit challenging for us? And I, man, I just want to give all the glory to God because he gave us such an incredible plan and journey over these past really 12 months. It was 12 months ago, about this week, that craziness started hitting the United States of America and really the world. And it has been a wild journey, but God taught us as a church family what it means to do church outside of a building. And I just want you to know, I think that might be one of the greatest gifts that God has given to the modern day church. Because we have become so reliant on this type of gathering and forgetting that really this is only just a very small part of your faith journey. What we get to do here on the weekends is wonderful and I am so thankful for it, but it cannot and never was intended to define your Christian faith. Our Christian faith and journey was always built by Jesus for us to walk in community and relationship together. And we experienced that this last year in some really pretty radical and new ways. One of those ways was for almost five months, we gathered together in people's homes and we called it house church. And it was legit and crazy all in the same little package. We learned so much about each other. One thing that we learned together as a faith community was that everybody has something to contribute when we gather together. And if I'm very honest with you as a pastor, that's one of the things I do not like about weekend gatherings is that many of us come and just consume and enjoy, but don't recognize there's something inside of you that God has for you to impart to the people that are around you. We spent five months in people's homes, worshiping together, discussing the word together. Our house church ate a lot of really good food together. I don't know what the rest of you were doing, but uh, man, we, and we just spent time. Yeah, there you go. My ball screw did it. Uh, We spent a ton of time learning about each other in life. I spent some time learning from some people. I didn't preach for like five months. It was amazing. And you're all, yeah, it was amazing. Thank God. That was the best thing that ever came out of COVID. Come on now. No, it was so cool. Cause in like in our house church, I just got to come and be a part of the conversation. And I got to listen to people and the wisdom that God had put in their life and the things that God was teaching them in that week. And and it was just phenomenal for us to gather together in each other's homes. Huge props to the people that were crazy enough to let us use their house week after week after week. Come on now. You guys are amazing. Come on. They they figured out real quick doing this church thing is a lot of work. But man, we had such a beautiful time gathering and we learned so much. There were lots of things that we had become reliant upon that, can I just be honest with you, really weren't important to God. He stripped all of those things away for us so that we could just come and really enjoy being together as a church family, really get to know each other in a lot deeper way. And and what it's really done is it's propelled us into what we're experiencing right now in our gatherings. What it's done is really prepared us to say, hey, you know what? Following Jesus is so much more than going to church on Sunday for an hour and 15 minutes. It's about life together with each other. And can I tell you, that's still a choice every day. It hasn't gotten any easier to choose to gather together. But can I I tell you even more importantly, we've seen the fruit of it. And I, I just want you to know it's better than what we were doing. And we're really seeing this across the body of Christ at large. We're seeing God draw us into some different ways of gathering together some some different things that he wants to do in our hearts and lives. And and I'm just gonna say it again, it's better. It's better than what we've experienced in the past and it's leading us into, I think, the the greater things that God has for us in the future. 2020 threw a lot of kind of random things at us as we experienced some new things in technology. We now live stream every week and are giving people from around the world an opportunity to connect with River Valley Church. We have people that watch in the Philippines and in India and all over the place just simply because God moved us into a place where we just didn't have a choice. Can I tell you, that's a gift from God. There's people that are home right now that are gathering in their homes and that that are processing through sickness or whatever they are in their life and they get to join us because of what God gave us an opportunity to learn in the process of this last season. God brought the right people at the right time to River Valley, to our church family and our team so that we could experience that. I thank God for Jason every week. Come on now, can we give him a hand? Pastor Jason is such a gift from God and his beautiful wife, Ellie, makes him way better. Come on now. But he has, he has helped us be able to do what we've done throughout this year. And God knew that and brought him to our team a couple years ago before all this thing started. And so we've experienced the grace and the goodness of God in what many would say was the worst year in the history of all of our lives. And can I just, from, from my heart tell you, I don't see it that way. I actually see 2020 as the greatest gift that God's ever given to me in my life and as a pastor. I am so thankful for what he has done in us through this season. I'm so thankful for the lives who are now connected with River Valley and the families that we get to walk in relationship with that joined River Valley because of house churches. Not because there was an advertisement on the TV or because there was something cool on Facebook, but because somebody invited them to a house church and they were like, well, this is different. I think I could connect with this. And there's some of you that are sitting here today because of that. And I believe that to be the grace of God in our lives. Because here's the reality of it. You can either either look at life and you can look at 2020 and you can look at the circumstances that we faced and just say, man, I, I quit, I'm done. Lots of people have done that. Look around us. I can't even tell you how many pastors and churches and other businesses in our world and in our community and in the United States who were not able to make it through this season. But for some reason, God has placed his hand on us in such a sweet and special way and drawn us into this season, not only just hanging on by the the hair of our chinny, chin, chin. Anybody remember that, where that's from? Come on. But man, he's led us into actually thriving together, loving well together, growing together, helping us walk in the fullness of who he's made us in church. All glory goes to him for that. Here's, yeah, let's give him a hand. Come on now. Because here's the reality of it. We like to think that we build the church, but Jesus actually said, I build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That means no COVID That means no financial difficulty. That means no sickness, disease. Nothing will prevent the kingdom of God from growing forward. And we're experiencing that together as a church family. And for us, that should just be a confirmation to you in your heart that God, you have me in the right place in the right time. And as we look forward to all the things that God is doing in the future, I just want to give you a little bit of an update of how we navigated through this season in a number of ways as a church and really why I believe that it's such a testimony of what God is doing in the hearts and lives of the people at River Valley. You know, in this past year, most churches experienced some real difficulty financially. Like in fact, the national average for churches across the United States, if they did not close, the national average is that giving was at about 65%. I want you to think about that. I want you to think about what would happen, and maybe some of you even experienced this in your life, if tomorrow I came to you and said, you get to now live on 65% of your income. What that would look like for you and your family, the impact that that would have on you. And that's what many churches experienced over this time frame. But I want to give you just a little bit of a picture of where we've been at a church as a church during this journey. A lot of people have asked us, "Hey, how to, to tell us a little about, about the finances of the church?" I want to be really clear. We have nothing to hide here at River Valley. Money is just a resource that God uses to advance the kingdom of God. And your generosity and your giving determines the speed at which we get to do that here at River Valley. And this is what it's looked like over the past three years. And I want to just share with you what it looked like this last year. So if you look at all those little lines there over the past three years, these are the giving trends here at River Valley. And I don't know why, but for some reason in January, we all decide, well, God, I think you're good for the year. That was funny. More of you can laugh. Relax. <laughs> not trying to get into your wallet here. I just want you to know, like, you can look at it. Our giving at the beginning of the year is terrible, people. It's like we come out of Christmas and we're like, God, I, pff, I need Santa Claus in my life. Come on now. And we just forget. I don't know why that is. And then if you look at the summer times, the same things happen. It's like you guys disappear. I, and I know we got to pay for vacations and all those things. But, but this is just the reality of how we function together as a church. When it comes to finance, does anybody see any trends up here? Yeah. And I just want to remind you that God's generosity in your life doesn't go like this. That God's generosity in your life is consistent. If I remember the Bible right, the Bible says this, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, like everything. It all belongs to him anyways. And and can I just tell you, I'm so thankful to be a part of a church community that understands everything that we have in our life belongs to him. And so really what we get to do is just steward it. When we talk about tithing and giving, just a reminder for us, tithing, we don't, we don't give a tithe to the Lord. We return it. Why do I say that? Because everything belongs to him in the first place. And what he asks for from us in just a very simple way is he just says, hey, I'm, I'm looking to see where your heart is in this place. Do you trust me that I will provide for you? And sometimes if I'm just being straight up with you, sometimes my heart goes, I don't know. I don't don't know. God, I just think I can handle this a little bit better than you. Am I the only heathen in the room? (laughs) Come on now. Like there's this reality in us and this is our journey of faith. I just want you to know God is not like sad at me. He's not frustrated with me. He's going, oh, Tim and I got some conversations to have. His heart's got to learn to trust me more that I'm going to provide for him every day of his life. If I give Tim air to breathe, I'm surely going to take care of his bank account for him. And see, tithing is that space where we just go, God, you can do better with, in my life, God, you can do better with 90% than I can do with 100. And that's a really humbling statement to make in our life. But I just want you to know it's the truth. I have never once not seen God be faithful in my life. We have never been in lack or want. And can I tell you, we've also been a people who have said, God, we're we're committed to this space of giving to you. And this is what it looks like for us as a church. And I just, man, with all of my heart, I want to say thank you for being faithful to him. I'm not concerned whether you're faithful to a church, a building, an organization. What I am concerned is, are you faithful to him in what he's given you to steward in your life? And this past year as a church, where every other church, just about every church I'm in communication with, was struggling financially, we actually finished the year uh, ahead of our budget. Can we give God some praise for that? And I said this comment before, I'm going to say it again. The, the things that we get to do in our community, the things that we get to give to, the staff that we get to employ that walk with us as a faith community, all of those things take place and they move at the pace of your generosity. That is not pressure on you. That is just a reminder to you. We are all a part of this journey together. And I'm so grateful for what God has done in and through our faith community. One of those things, I just want to give you a little update on what we were able to give into in 2020 as a church. When you look up here, these are the spaces that we invest in, in both our our local community, as well as internationally. And as a church, we gave $17,940 into our community and internationally into some things. I wanna give you some pictures of what those look like. That first thing that you see in the left-hand corner over here is Stanton Health. It's actually a local organization that is a pro-life group that comes alongside moms who are wrestling through this place of pregnancy. And they're contemplating an abortion And Stanton Health is a medical clinic that comes alongside of them and offers them support in this journey, shows them the reality of the beauty of what God's created inside of them, and gives them an opportunity to make a choice for life. Can I just tell you, in our country, in our time, in our day and age, somebody must stand up for the unborn children. Amen? And so we partner with Stanton Health because they do incredible work, not only locally, but on, a, on the, a national scene. And they're actually now expanding into the international space. And you, in part of your tithing and giving, goes into this. For, for those of you that are new to River Valley, as a church and as an eldership, we decided that 10% of our annual budget goes into uh, these spaces of giving into our community and missions. So we tithe as well as a church and we tithe into these spaces. The second thing that you see up here is Love, Inc., an organization that I am just so thankful to have in our community. Uh, Rod is actually part of the board and Lynn is here. We have a number of people who are actively involved with Love, Inc. And what Love, Inc. does is Love, Inc. offers a hand up not a handout. That is their motto. And they demonstrate the love of Christ through the local church to help those that are in need. They provide resources for them, but really what they do is they come alongside of people in their journey and help them to learn how to make better financial decisions for their life and set themselves on a course for success. They don't just give out things to them. They come alongside and walk with people. I'm I'm just going to tell you right now, the financial thing that they do in partnership and helping people make better financial decisions is incredible. And we've just seen an incredible amount of blessing poured in our, to our community because Love Inc. is actively engaged in that. And they are not a parachurch organization. They actually call themselves part of the local church, and they are. I think there's how many, how many churches are partnered? 50? 50 local churches just here in Ada County and mostly in the Boise area partner together to meet the needs of people in our community and church. We're a part of that. Can we give some praise to God for that? Yeah. The two spaces that you see in the middle there, Manahouse, House um, and then the ARC Network, these are church planting organizations that we are a part of. And you may not even know this, but we have planted somewhere be in the neighborhood between 20 and 40 churches just in the past year and a half in partnership with these organizations. They do an amazing job of helping church planters get on their feet, preparing them, training them, and equipping them, and then sending them all over the United States to plant life-giving churches that we had a part in planting, church. Come on now. That means the work of your hand, the things that God has called you to do in your workplace, the resources that he's given you is not just having an impact here in this local community, but it's being spread out all across the United States and life-giving churches are being planted all over the place because of you and your generosity. That's some cool stuff to be a part of. Can I tell you the greatest gift we ever give to a community, the greatest gift that is ever given to a city, is a life giving church, a place of community and faith where people can come and join together in relationship and their pursuit of God. And, church, you are planting churches all over the United States doing that. And these are the folks that we do it with. The last two things that you see over here are places that we give into both internationally. Uh, We're partnered with a a couple that's working in India. There's some things obviously that we're doing in Mexico. And then there's some stuff that we're doing in the Philippines internationally as a church where we're helping church planting in those places. We come alongside leaders in those places uh, to, to advance the kingdom of God. And you give into that constantly. And I know you don't get a lot of contact with the people in these places, but can I just tell you, I I get some amazing conversations with them. And the miracle work that God is doing in each one of these places. How many of you know that India is now one of the most persecuted countries in the world? It's weird to think, but people in India right now are being persecuted at an epic level for the gospel of Jesus Christ, and yet we have... We have a couple there who are pouring out their life and planting local churches so that people can hear the good news of the gospel there. The Philippines has been completely shut down. In fact, we were supposed to be sending a team to the Philippines coming up here in April, but they have completely locked the country down again. Nobody coming in, nobody going out. Yet we have people there right now who are planting churches every week. It's incredible the favor that God has given them. And I just want to remind you, That's you, church. That's you. It's an extension of what God has done here at River Valley. So I once again, I just want to say how proud of this church family I am for the places that we get to give into and contribute and see God do some extraordinary things. Can we give God just a hand for what He's doing through our lives? So let's talk about what's coming next. What's what's ahead of us? What are we journeying into? Um, And God has really been speaking to myself and our eldership and really our leadership team for a number of years now in this space and reality of his work in us that he wants to do also through us. And really the key term to that is discipleship. What is is God doing in teaching us how to be followers of Jesus? Here at River Valley, we have a very, very simple vision statement, uh, a very simple uh, approach to how we are following after Jesus. And here's what our vision statement is. It's very simple. It just says, to love God and to love people with all that we are and all that we have. It's not our idea. This was actually Jesus' uh, instruction to the, the, to the church when he was asked, hey, what's the most important thing that we can do with our life? What's the most important commandment that we can follow? And Jesus said, hey, just, would you just love God with everything you've got? And we just love people. And if you do that, everything's going to be taken care of around that space. And this is the journey that we're on as a church family is following the things that God is putting into us in our journey of following him and loving people well. And can I tell you, every year, God seems to highlight some different spaces. Elbow the person next to you and says, he's highlighting something different this year. Come on, you can do it. The reason I asked you to help is a few of you are asleep. How many of you know that the mission of Jesus has not changed for 2,000 years. Jesus didn't change his mind because well, some new fad came up and there was, there was this new cool preacher out. And so he, he thinks we should go that. Jesus has always had in his heart that people would come to know him and spend eternity in heaven. That's always been the heartbeat of Jesus. And what he knows is that he's looking for a, a, a people who would say, God, we're committed to that process with you. I want to share with you a quote by Christopher Wright. I just love how this goes. It says, it's not so much that God has a mission for his church in the world, but that God has a church for his mission in the world. Let's read that one more time because I'm pretty sure I did not read that correctly. It's not so much that God has a mission for his church in the world, but that God has a church for his mission in the world. What does this mean? It means very simply that God is trying to expose this world to hope and light and that he didn't didn't design like this extravagant means by which that was going to take place. He looked at people who've experienced the love of God, and he said, I choose you. I choose you to carry hope and life to this world. Because see, Jesus, again, his mission has never changed, but he's drawing us into partnership with him in that mission. Jesus set the example of really what this look like. And I I just want to give it to you today in this this thought and framework that a Jesus-shaped life is really what leads us into all the things that God has for us. Remember, Jesus's invitation was, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Jesus said, come follow me and I'm going to show you how to do this life. And oftentimes we associate that with the early disciples because we're like, yeah, they were crazy. I mean, they were fishermen and tax collectors. They didn't have any idea what they were doing. So of course, Jesus would say, hey, come and follow me and I'm gonna teach you how to do this life. Can I tell you that all of us are in that same boat as well? All of us are living our lives in some ways that, that Jesus needed to come alongside of us and say, hey, I, uh, you know that thing that you're doing there? Uh, you could continue to do that if you want to, but there's a better way in your life. The approach that you have to your marriage, I, I've, I've got a got an idea for you that might help you process that space a little bit better. Anytime Jesus is engaged with the things of our life, can I just tell you your life is going to get better? Let me be clear. It's not going to get easier. It's just going to get better. Why? Because the things that Jesus has for us are good. And so when he invites us to come and follow him, he's inviting us to be made into his image. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says this. I just want to read this to us. For the Lord is spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom or liberty. We sang about that today. So all of us who have, who have uh, had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of God. And the Lord who is spirit makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. What does that mean? It means that as we have had the veil pulled away from our eyes and we see our desperate need for a Savior, we come into the place of salvation, that God's work in us every day is to more and more and more and more and more and more and more more make us into the image of Christ. Because when people see Jesus in you, they will be attracted to him. That is the reason that the church is still in the earth today is so that people can see the reflection of a loving, gracious, merciful, powerful God in you. So let me put it to you this way. God is making you like him. Every day, the Holy Spirit's work inside of us is developing us into his image and likeness. We say it this way, and I want to give you this kind of definition of discipleship for you so that your heart can engage with this. Because a lot of us have some really weird connotations with the word disciple. But let me just share with you actually what it is. Discipleship, growing in the image of Christ, is growing in the character and the competency of Christ. I'm going to say those words again. Discipleship, what Jesus invited us to when he said, come and follow me, is a daily process of us growing in the character of Christ as well as the competency. What does that mean? It means that we are growing in the image of Christ in how we think, act, live, talk, spend our lives, spend the moments that we have, that our lives are reflecting the person of Jesus Christ in those spaces. And can I tell you, God is more committed to that process than you are. He is more committed to the journey of drawing you into a Jesus-shaped life than you are. And so what are we doing in 2021? What is God wooing us to? I want to just give you a picture of that this morning and then we're just going to, going to kind of close our time in just a moment of celebration together. So I want you to look up on the screen right here and this I want to present to you what a Jesus-shaped life looks like. We are so, so good at making things really, really complicated And can I tell you that following Jesus is actually the most uncomplicated thing there is, but the church, and I would just say us as leaders have oftentimes made it super complicated. So I want to, I want to break it down for you in how Jesus did this. Because what we want is we want our lives to be a beautiful image and reflection of the person of Jesus Christ. And in order to do that, we need to follow his example So here's here's the Jesus-shaped example for his life. First and foremost, a Jesus-shaped life is a life that is vertical, up in its orientation. What does that mean? That means that we are building relationship with the Father, just like we talked about in our vision statement, love God. There is this reality for each one of our lives that our lives can only grow at the pace that we are in communion and fellowship with the Father. Jesus modeled this to us constantly through his life here on this earth. When we look at Jesus' life, Jesus loved pouring out to people, but we also read that Jesus constantly went away. He snuck away to spend some time with the Father. While the disciples were sleeping, Jesus was talking with the Father. After moments of incredible ministry, powerful healings, and all the things that we, we, we associate with Jesus, Jesus would sneak away. To just get a few moments with the Father. While everybody else was partying and high-fiving each other, Jesus was sneaking away to hear the Father to know what to do next. In fact, Jesus said these words. He said, I only do what the Father tells me to do. Well, Jesus, how do you do that? I just listen. Church, you with me this morning? We oftentimes are like, man, this following Jesus is, is hard work. Like, I, I don't even, I don't know what God really wants me to do. Well, have you asked him? And if you have asked him, did you stop long enough to listen for him to speak to you? Because here's what Jesus said, oh, my sheep know my voice. Like he, he wants to speak to you. He's going to speak to you through this right here, the power of his word. But Jesus just modeled this to us that in order to have a Jesus-shaped life, and can I tell you again, this is what he's forming in this as a Jesus-shaped life, it first starts with our relationship with the Father. And that comes out of what we learned over these past nine to ten weeks. That begins out of love, not duty. God's not interested in just what you can do for him. God wants relationship with you because he loves you. Can I even say to you this way? He actually likes you. When your spouse doesn't, he does. When your kids are tired of you, God still enjoys time with you. When your coworkers are like, man, I hope it's a sick day for you. Come on now. Here's the reality of God's love. And Pastor Chris just spoke this over us this morning as we were praying together early, early this morning in preparation for this service. It's just like God's love is so extravagant for us that we have this threshold of, God, you should love me at kind of this level. I'm, I mean, this would, be a, this would be a good space for you to like, like, God, you love me, and God goes, oh, no, 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 no. I love you at a level that would blow your mind. I love you at a level that is so extravagant. We sang about it this morning. I love you at a level that makes no sense to the people that are around you. That's the kind of love that the Father has for us. And yet so many times, so many of us live in the lies of this world and the enemy of our soul, and we just don't live in the reality of the love of God in our life. Can I tell you, that comes from a vertical relationship with him, living an up life, and God wants to invite us into that place. How do we do that? Well, we just daily spend some time with him. Spend time in the word of God. Spend time in fellowship with one another. We spend time in worship. We spend time in prayer. Well, Tim, where do you fit, where do you fit all that time into your day? Uh, how many of you drive a car? How many of you know that on your way to work can be some of the sweetest times with the Lord? Just driving along, just saying, God, I love you. Thank you so much for giving me a vehicle to get to work in. Thank you for a job that I get to go to. Like some of you I know are working from home, so that's a short drive for you. Um, <laughs> but there's just this reality, right, man? Like we can create space all throughout our day just to say thank you to him, just to acknowledge him, right? You can take a moment during your day and just open up your Bible, read one verse and say, God, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna feed on this today, right? There are these moments of just vertical relationship with him. Jesus actually took time and got away. Like you could take time and get away. Whoa, like I, my, my schedule's a little, I, I know your schedule's busy, Jesus had a lot on his plate too. He was trying to save the world. I'm just saying. So I think that we could probably carve out a few of the moments in our day and say, hey Jesus, thank you that I just get to sit here with you today. Father, thank you that I get to come and just enjoy time with you. Come on, he loves those moments with us, church. He loves them. So we wanna build our up relationship and we're gonna do that in a number of ways this year together, just as a church family. We're gonna encourage you in that. We're gonna teach and equip you in that. But ultimately, can I just tell you, it's, it's a choice of your will. If you're gonna build your vertical relationship with him and I just wanna inspire you, encourage you, go for it. It's the best thing that you'll ever do in your life is build your vertical relationship. The second, second space we look at here is this in. This what does in mean? In is actually the relationships that we have around us in this community of faith. Jesus called us to be a part of the body of Christ. So Jesus lived his life vertically in connection with the father, but then Jesus also lived his life on an in spectrum with the people that were around him. Do you remember the disciples? Lots of times we think of, of Jesus and he just kind of floated around on earth and people were just kind of hanging with him on you know, a few occasions. And No, 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 no. Jesus actually built deep relationships with people around him. You know, there were the multitudes that came and listened to Jesus preach, and some of them would have called themselves disciples, but mostly they were just attenders. They came to church on the weekend when Jesus was in the house, and they enjoyed the moment, and it was really cool, but then they just went back to kind of normal everyday life. And then there was was a whole different section of people. The Bible describes them as the 70, and these were ones that really had really bought into Jesus's teaching, and were like, Jesus, we we're, we're, we're your people. We're, we're coming after you. And we're following. Jesus said, okay. And then he sent them out in pairs at times to go out and share the good news of the gospel. They were the 70s were the ones that came back and said, Jesus, the demons even trembled at, 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 at the teaching. And Jesus, we got to cast out demons and see sick people healed. And Jesus was like, yeah, that's what we do. And then there was the 12. And they're the ones we're probably the most familiar with, Right. These were the 12 disciples that walked with Jesus. Jesus handpicked them. He invited them. To, and man, they had, they had a different level of relationship. They were, they were literally doing life together. Everywhere they went, they were together. They were watching Jesus do all these crazy things. They were learning from him. They were talking around a campfire at night together. And are you guys still with me this morning? Come on now. Like they were living in this in relationship and Jesus modeled that to them. He invited them to come into relationship with him and then taught them how to be in relationship with each other. It was a beautiful journey. And then there's another level of relationship that Jesus shows us in Scripture, and it was the three. Jesus had three dudes that were, they were like his buds. They were his, his friends. They were the ones that when everything else was going cuckoo, they They were were right there walking with Jesus and Jesus was talking with them and teaching with them. I can't help but to think Jesus had some inside jokes with the three. Because Jesus was a person just like you. There was an intimacy and relationship that he built there and modeled to us. And can I just tell you, this is what it looks like to have a Jesus-shaped life, to have a vertical relationship going with God that's thriving and growing and learning and to have deep connected relationships that you're building with the people around you. Now, when we talk about this in spectrum, it happens in lots of different ways in our life. Number one, it's a choice. I choose to build relationship with some of the people that are around me in life. Some of those relationships happen just because we're in proximity together. We choose to be a part of a a small group together or, or a freedom group together. We did house church together. So unity was built in that place and our love for each other. And I get to hear your story and you hear my story and you see me on my bad days. And I get to see you on some of your funky days. And yet we still love each other in that process. That's what it means to build in relationship with each other. How many of you know you can't build close intimate relationship with every person sitting in this room? That's one of the misnomers about church is that, oh, we should just know everybody in here. That's not even a reality. You don't even have enough time in the day or in your life to do that. But can I tell you, you can build some really beautiful relationships with three or four people. Like not just relationships, but relationships that they're gonna be with you in the thick and thin. They're the ones that you call when, all hell's breaking loose in your life. They're the ones that you call when you gotta move, amen? Come on now. (laughs) They're the ones that you share dinner with and meals with. They're the ones that you're walking together in life. And and I I just wanna remind you, that's a choice of your part, on your part. So our in relationship is important. And then finally, the third space of building a Jesus-shaped life is out. What is out? Jesus modeled this to us. It's going out into the world that is hurting and broken and lost and being reminded that all the work that God is doing in us is not for us. It's so that others can find hope in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus modeled this beautifully. He spent himself so that the world could come to know the hope that he brings. And then Jesus invited us on that same journey. So here's what we're going to do today, and this is really how we're going to kick off our year. And I just want these these three words to kind of be in your mind as you you journey with and as we journey with each other throughout this year, up, in, and out, up, in, and out. You're going to hear us talk about this a lot. Why? Because Christianity following Jesus is as simple as up, in, and out. It's as simple as how are we living in these three spaces of our life in the image and model of Christ to us. You were all given a little piece of paper when you came in this morning, and here's what I want you to do. We're just going to take one moment here, and we're going to help define some of this space for us as we head into the year ahead of us. Now, the, the piece of paper that you have in front of you says up, in, and out on it, and there is very strategically placed two boxes right below the in and the out. And the reason for that is if you don't have one, raise your hand and we'll, we'll bring one to you here real quick because we're going to journey in this just for a few minutes this morning and then we're going to get everybody on their way. Raise your hand. They'll get them to you. These guys are nice fellas. I mean, they're big and scary and stuff, I know, but just give them a hug. Chris, Chris, I certainly wasn't talking about you, man. We're one of the smallest guys we have around here. Up, in and out. Everybody say up. Everybody say in. in. Everybody say out. out. This is the Jesus shaped life, and so we're gonna we're gonna be building on this this year, and just letting God teach us what that looks like. Now, to be very clear, your up relationship only has one up to it. Okay, I'm just making sure we're all still still here. Um, your vertical relationship is that relationship that you're building with God. Okay, nobody else deserves that space in your life. And there's the reason why that's at the top of the pinnacle here, right? Because it's primary and critical and important. But equally, when it comes to building the foundation of our life, comes this in and out space. And so here's what I want you to do. And I'm just gonna pray over you here in just a second. And we're gonna take a few minutes, but there's some in relationships that God wants you to focus on this year. There's some, there's some, things that God wants you to build in community here at River Valley. There's some people that God wants you to deepen your relationship with. And we're going to take just a few minutes to write a few of those names down in this space. Don't worry, nobody's looking over your shoulder to see if you put them on your list. Okay, maybe a few of us are. But I want you to just take a few minutes and think about, God, who are... Who are the people that you want me to build some deeper connection with? And I love that we're gathering together on the weekends. I love that we're doing this, but this is not it for you. If it is it for you, you're missing a huge part of your life. So who would God be inviting you into some deeper? And we're going to write that down. And you're going to keep this piece of paper with you. And you may set it in your car. You may put it in your Bible. Be really strategic about where you put this. Because if you're hanging out with somebody that's not on your list, they might feel a little left out. Or, or maybe not. Yeah, I mean, you probably wouldn't be hanging out with them anyway. So, um, but there's this, re- who, who are the, who's the in people of your life? And then, then I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, God, who are the outs? Who are the people that you're calling me to build some stronger relationship in our community? I'm just going to be real transparent. We got some neighbors that God opened up the door for us to grow in relationship with them. Thank God for COVID because I actually learned their names. We built fences together and, and did barbecues together this last year because of COVID. I tell you, it's a gift. It's a gift. But who are the people that God's put or Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's a family member that is estranged from you. Now, I don't know who it is, but God has some people for you to focus on your out relationship with. And what we're going to do this year is we're going to take this, and this is going to be the foundation from which we pray into and intentionally build with this year. God, how do you want to grow us up, in, and out? How do you want to make our lives, Jesus, more reflective of you? And I can tell you right now, these three components are what build a Jesus-shaped life for you. So let me pray over you, and then we're going to turn a little, we'll put in lights, a little background music on so you have some, some distraction for you. Uh, the ambiance, there we go, thank you. And, uh, and then we're just going to take a few minutes And then we're going to let the Holy Spirit speak to us this morning, because here's what he wants to do in your life this year. He wants to strengthen your up, your in, and your out. He wants to grow you in his image. And so, Father, we thank you so much for all that you've done this past year. God, in so many ways, it's been challenging and difficult, God, but Lord, you have grown us up. You are maturing us, God. Lord, you are developing deeper relationships here. And Lord, as we look forward to the year that's ahead, Lord, we just wanna be right in the middle of what you're doing. and Lord, we know that that is forming us in the image of Christ. And so Lord, as he modeled to us, Lord, we're asking you to teach us how to live a healthy up, in and out lifestyle. And Lord, specifically this morning, Lord, we're asking that you would give us clarity through your Holy Spirit, God, on the in people of our life, those that we're going to really take some time over this next year, God, and focus on building stronger, helper, healthier relationships, those that we're going to be more transparent with God. Lord, those that we're going to walk together in just deeper places of relationship and community. And Lord, we also are asking, Lord, for those that you're calling us to outwardly, our neighbors, God, those that you've brought into our life. and so Lord, We just invite you, Holy Spirit, to come and speak to us today. And Lord, as we write some of these names down today, God, would you give us a greater burden, Lord, and hunger, Lord, for your heart for each one of them, both in the in space and the out, God. And Lord, would you teach us and equip us as a local church, God, how to better represent you, God, in the community and the world that we are in. Lord, once again, we just thank you for your presence and your grace, Lord, your love upon our lives. Lord, we recognize that you have been good to us, God. And so, Lord, today, would you speak to us as we build the up, the in, and the out spaces of our life, God, in this year to come. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to this message. Do you know someone who'd be blessed by it? Make sure to share it with them this week.